Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and to let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. And today we have what I consider a very high honor of welcoming a highly distinguished homeschool advocate, Dr. Jay Weil, to our studio. He's not really here, but he's here. (laughs) Um, If you have used the first edition Apologia secondary science materials, or if you're currently using the Berean Builders resources, you know Dr. Weil quite well because he's the author of both of those series. He's also a steady presence at homeschool conventions, and that's where I first had the honor of meeting him in person several years ago. And we've remained in touch via social media and occasional emails ever since then. Jay has an earned PhD from the University of Rochester in nuclear chemistry, wow, and a a bachelor's of science in chemistry from the same institution. He's won several awards for excellence in teaching and has presented numerous lectures on topics like nuclear chemistry, Christian apologetics, homeschooling, and creation versus evolution. He's also published lots of articles on those same topics in nationally recognized journals, and he's the author or co-author, as I mentioned, of 13 award-winning science textbooks for homeschoolers. Welcome, Jay. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. Jay, first things first, we always ask our guests to share a little bit about themselves beyond what Tina just said in the introduction. Can you tell us in a nutshell, a little bit about your history, where you grew up, about your wife and children, how and when you became involved in the homeschool community and where you are now? Well, I actually grew up in a little town called Anderson, Indiana. If you uh, have heard of Bill and Gloria Gaither, they're very close to where we live. As a matter of fact, I used to uh, uh, have jam sessions with their son, Jamie Gaither. He would play the guitar and I would play the piano. We'd actually roll tape in the Gaither studios. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's a blast. (laughs) So uh, uh, that was, of course, quite a while ago. Uh, I was originally wanting to be a concert pianist, uh, but it turned Turns out my fingers are so short, I don't just don't have the reach <laughs> for a lot of the classical repertoire that's expected of you. So I stayed with the arts. And actually, my first uh, thing I did out of high school was professional acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, professional acting is one of the most hedonistic things you can do. <laughs> And so I quickly realized that wasn't for me. Uh, But a lot of the special effects I had done both professionally and when I was, you know, uh, doing it for fun, uh, used chemistry. So I went to college to study chemistry uh, because I thought I've had fun with chemistry on stage. Maybe I'll have fun with it in real life. And it turns out I did have fun with it. So I started on the professor track, really, uh, was getting a Ph.D. Uh, Now, you know, you you make all these promises to yourself. I swore I would (laughs) never get married until I got my Ph.D. I met and fell in love with Kathleen. I got married to her before I graduated college. <laughs> uh, never say year, never. <laughs> yeah, she was a year ahead of me. And so she graduated college. I was still in my senior year. We got married. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, and then, of course, we swore we would never have kids. Of uh, course. Both, uh, uh, neither one of us were uh, all that interested in having kids. We were both career and church oriented and so forth. 
And then the Lord just dropped in our laps, uh, this teen who needed parents. And so we ended up adopting her. And of course that was the best thing we could have done. Uh, and so, uh, uh, we homeschooled her from the time we adopted her, uh, until she graduated high school. Uh, and then she went on to Butler university to get a degree she doesn't use. (laughs) Can I just say one of the best things I love about interviewing people is when they say just what you said, we never planned on being parents. We had our whole career ahead of us because I have a 19 year old and a 20 year old, a boy and a girl. And they often say the same things. Yep. <laughs> Gives me yep. hope. So, uh, I, I, and I started on the professor track. I was going to be a, you know, university professor doing academic research and, uh, uh t- and teaching students. Uh, and it turns out in, uh, I was at ball state university, which is kind of a lower tier state oh. university in Indiana. Everybody hears about Indiana university and Purdue university is the big <laughs> Indiana universities because they are. Uh, there's a sort of a lower tier school called Ball State University. Yeah. They actually have a great, they have one of the best in the world architecture programs, mm. but overall it's kind of a low tier. <laughs> and so I was teaching there and it was, it was the Lord, the Lord obviously arranged this because since mm-hmm. it was a lower tier university and this was in the early nineties, there weren't very high admission standards. And because in the early nineties, it was hard for homeschoolers to get into a state university. Uh, They could get into ball state because they're, you know, the, the admission standards were pretty low and they could, they could handle, you know, exceptions to the general rule. And so I didn't know anything about homeschooling and my top three students were homeschool graduates. (laughs) And that's what got me in my two of them were chemistry and one was physics. Uh, and that's what got me into homeschooling. I was like these, well, I, I still remember the first time this chemistry student came into my office during office hours, which is unusual enough for a student to visit a professor. (laughs) But then he sat down and he pointed to this equation and I thought he was going to ask about the homework or something. Mm -hmm. He said, Oh, I've done all the homework. I understand the equation, but I've been thinking about what this equation really means. Mm. And I thought, you know, I have never heard a university student say, I've been thinking about what this equation really means. (laughs) Yeah. And they sure so we, shine bright, don't they? Yeah. Uh, and so in the end, you know, uh, when I was really impressed with what he thought the equation meant uh, and so forth, uh, I asked him, well, you know, where'd you go to school? And he kind of sheepishly said at home. <laughs> and I didn't even know what that meant. So I, told, I I thought he was too sick to go to school. That's what I thought he meant. Oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, but then he explained to me his mother <laughs> taught him. And so I honestly said this when he said, no, my mother taught me. I said, so she's a nuclear physicist. Now, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he said, no, she never went to college. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was my first experience. My first, my introduction, I say, to homeschooling was this brilliant kid whose mm-hmm. mother, who had never gone to college, uh, produced my best chemistry student of that year. Wow. <laughs> you know, so you uh, didn't have your daughter yet and you weren't starting to no, homeschool. Is it because no. of experience with homeschooled kids that, that you and your wife decided to homeschool? Yeah. Well, by the time, by the time we had adopted her, I had worked with homeschoolers, you know, my experience with homeschoolers at the university made me do some academic research Mm -hmm. on homeschooling in terms of looking (laughs) at the literature and the, and the research backed up, you know, what my experiences were that these students make excellent college students. So uh, I was actually promoting homeschooling just to get better college students at Ball State University. (laughs) 
Uh, and so, uh, by the, when we, when we adopted, uh, Dawn, she, I was still at ball state university at the time when we adopted her, I had been working with some homeschoolers for a while. I knew how good they were. And my daughter, because you know, she had a pretty lousy home life before us, she was one of these classic cases of a really smart kid who on bad days didn't learn on good days, learned really well, but because of that, she had all these holes mm -hmm. and homeschooling was perfect because I describe our entire homeschool experience as educational triage. I found out <laughs> what good. the problem was and I fixed it. And then yeah. I found another problem and I fixed it. We did, you know, a few traditional things, but generally speaking, it was mostly filling in the holes mm -hmm. that had been left because she fell through the cracks. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. And then she went to university and like I said, got a degree she never uses. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my husband, he did graduate from Purdue and guess what? He didn't use his degree. Really? He, now he's, <laughs> now we own a real estate business. <laughs> he's a real estate appraiser. I wonder, are there people, well, you use your degree, but very few of us, I think actually <laughs> the degrees that we've earned. I don't know. That's so. true. No. <laughs> Um, well, I first learned about you as I, we were talking before we started recording um, uh, through Apologia yep. um, and uh, you said that you officially launched that company in 1994, but like you just said, you were working with homeschoolers before then. Yes. Um, and you owned it until 2008. Um, when my girls were little, we used a few of Jeannie Fulbright's elementary titles that Apologia publishes still to this day. Um, and that put your company on my radar screen. So um, why did you launch Apologia and what were your goals when you did that? So the reason I officially launched Apologia was I had been given giving talks mostly to Indiana homeschool groups. Fort Wayne used to have a really big association. It's still there, but it's smaller now. Uh, and of course, the Indiana Home Education Association is really big. Yep. And I would give talks at those events and things like that. And uh, parents would tell me that, you know, we, we don't, we don't want to homeschool our kids in high school because of science and math. Mm -hmm. And I kept saying, look, you know, my best science students were homeschool <laughs> graduates and their parents didn't know science and they yeah. did a great job, but that wasn't enough. Parents mm -hmm. really just felt totally inadequate. Yeah. So I actually thought if I wrote a curriculum uh, that people could actually use at home, uh, then that would be a good thing. And so I started working with just a group in Indianapolis that wanted me to uh, do a co-op, but I didn't mm -hmm. want to do a co-op because I didn't think, and I still don't think that's really the core of homeschool education. I understand right. why you have co-ops and, and why everybody should have a little bit of co-op experience, but honestly, that's not the core of homeschooling. And I, so I didn't want to teach a co-op yeah. class. So I started just writing them a course uh, chapter by chapter and I'd send it to them when I finished a chapter and I just had my phone number and said, call me if you have any questions. <laughs> uh, before I had even finished the halfway point in the book, I got a call from Ohio huh. from a woman saying, uh, I understand you've written a chemistry book. <laughs> and I honestly said, no, I haven't written a chemistry book. And she said, well, I'm holding this title page that says exploring creation flight with chemistry by yeah. you. I was like, oh, that's not a book. That's just something I'm doing for some friends. <laughs> <laughs> and so at that point, I thought, well, maybe this should be a book. And that's when I officially started uh, Apologia. Uh, okay, so you're, it was kind of a self-publishing endeavor then? 
Yeah, for, for what well, and for the entire time I owned Apologia uh, until we started get, taking on Jeannie Fulbright's books, mm-hmm. I was just Apologia was just publishing my books, and so it was totally self-publishing. Uh, now I had offers. Alpha Omega wanted to buy my stuff real early on, but they wanted to change it too much, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it, and I didn't think I didn't think that what I had written was perfect or anything, but I did think the reason this works for homeschooling is because of certain structures, and they wanted to remove a couple those structures. Oh yeah. So I just said, no, I'm not interested. So I just kept self-publishing and, you know, it turned into a, a fairly big endeavor. And then we started publishing other people. We've published Jeannie Fulbright. We also published mm-hmm. Sherry Payne. Uh, mm-hmm. That may be the only ones we published before I sold, but yeah, so uh, it was, it was originally self-publishing. Mm. Tell us a bit more about the titles you wrote and published with Apologia. So I started with high school chemistry since I was a chemistry professor. Uh, and so I got done with that. And I then uh, they the the students who had done this, you know, chapter by chapter thing that I had written wanted to do physics next. Well, I also taught <laughs> physics at Ball State University. So I was like, OK, I can do physics, too. But after that, I'm done because I don't know anything else. <laughs> Right. So uh, I finished the physics book and then uh, 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 a fairly big name in Indiana homeschooling, Marilyn Durnell. Uh, she since she was one she was homeschooling her daughter before it was technically legal. It wasn't mm. illegal, but it wasn't legal either. So she was yeah. riding the line there. So she's a real uh, uh, experienced voice in homeschooling. Uh, she agreed uh, if I would do the bulk of the writing, she would. She's, she's got a biology degree. She oh. would keep me on track, and we could write a biology book together. Mm. So I That's co-wrote cool. a biology book with with Marilyn Durnell. Um, and, uh, by that time things had gotten so popular, I then went to eighth grade and did a physical science book. And then I went to seventh grade and did a general science book. So I kind of went backwards. I started with high school and worked down to junior high. Then I went forward again and wrote second years of biology, Mm -hmm. chemistry, and physics. And once again, I have a co-author for the bio, for the advanced biology so that, you know, students could take two years of the science that would cover the entire AP syllabus. Um, so that's what I wrote. Wow. Jay. And this wasn't like you, you, this wasn't what you were going to do. No, no, this no. is so impressive. I mean, were you still a college professor at this time too? No. So, <laughs> so by the, the time, by the time I finished, uh, I think it was the biology, but well, here's what happened. I can't yeah. remember exactly the timeline, but I was writing, I was still a professor, but as the writing got more uh, popular as the book sales got more popular. I thought, you know, I could do this full time if I had a little more time, if I, if I had a little more buffer of an income. So this worked out really well. It was about 1998 Mm. and people were worried about the year 2000 problem. Yeah, no, and this was in the in the computer uh, business. This was really serious stuff. Oh, I, mean, I remember. Yeah, it became, remember, it be- yeah I remember. Yeah, it, it became a parody in, in in Christian circles, but it was actually a serious thing. Yeah. In, in, uh, well, I had as a nuclear chemist, uh, I had to write a lot of programs, and we collect data very quickly. And part of my detector system was running ahead of the computer. So I wrote this little program in Vax Assembler, which is a really low level, very fast, very hard language um, that would lie to my to the computer and tell the computer a different time so that so that my so that my detectors and the computer would think they were in sync because that was the only way I could get it to work. 
Well, I figured out I can use this to test any (laughs) program that runs on a VAX. And VAX was one of the standard uh, computers back then that legacy Mm -hmm. systems were written on. So I could basically use this to lie to the computer and say it was, you know, year 2000, (laughs) any date I wanted. So I could certify people to be year 2000 compliant. That is crazy. So you're the reason everything didn't fall apart. Yep. Well, (laughs) there it is. There were a lot of people like me. I mean, and that's the thing. Like I said, it became a parody in Christian circles, people being idiots who didn't know what they were talking about. (laughs) But in fact, there were all sorts of people like me who had figured out how to test. And it wasn't just the way I did it. Lots of different ways you could do it. Could mm-hmm. figure out how to test whether your program worked. And like, I couldn't certify. There was this one computer system. Uh, there was a billing system that kept, kept printing out, you know, 18 year old bills that had been paid and everything once I lied to the computer. <laughs> and so that company had to actually uh, buy a whole new billing system. And I was telling uh, people back then, this company that I consulted for, that I did this for their profit yearly profit was like $400,000. They had to spend $800,000 on a new system, two years worth of profit. And they did that because they knew they were going to fail if they didn't. Wow. And that's how serious people were seriously people in the real computer serious computer uh, area were taking it. So anyway, because I could consult with them, uh, I ended up being able to buffer my income. So I was, Mm -hmm. you know, all consultants always pay, always charge outrageous fees. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you're using it to, you know, supply your income so you can write a whole school curriculum. That's good, right? So So I was charging outrageous fees for a good reason. (laughs) Uh, And what was really wonderful about it was, you know, uh, in January, the January, early January of 2000, uh, the sales of my books were enough that I could uh, live just on that. Mm. So it was kind of the perfect end. I was doing this consulting thing that had a time uh, stamp on it. Yeah. Uh, And it worked out really well. And I'll never forget. I don't know if you want to. Can you edit this? Or yes, we can. Right? Okay. Well, <laughs> so you can decide whether to say this or not. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, I was, I I'd certified a lot of people, but you always want to cover your bases and everything. So yeah. I had a colleague who was a geologist in uh-huh. Sydney, Australia. And so I called him or I, I, I emailed him, you know, weeks before. And I said, are you going to be up when the year <laughs> 2000 hits Sydney? And he says, oh yeah, we always celebrate and so forth. Uh-huh. I said, can you like call me and tell me if everything's okay? <laughs> He was like, oh, yeah, sure. So I get a call at what would be like 1230, uh, you know, uh, 030 uh, 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 Sydney time. Yeah. And he said, mate, I want to tell you the electricity's (laughs) on and the beer is still cold. We're not going to edit that, Jay. We're leaving that right in there. So anyway, that was my, and so it was perfect by the time, you know, I did a couple little, little final billings for, for people. And then I was done with my consulting business and doing full-time apology. Oh, that's such a great story. Yeah. Amazing. But you can see the hand of the Lord in this in lots of ways. The big thing was going to being a professor at a low tier university, but that exposed me to homeschoolers. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then, uh, and then just, you know, having a, uh, having a a consulting gig that had a timestamp on it. It was just perfect. Yeah. 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 Well, and then, as I mentioned, you sold Apologia to Davis and Rachel Carmen in 2008, and all your books were written at that point. So you had tons of free time, I'm sure. <laughs> Actually, did I do? did. You know? uh, I had never been on Facebook ever. 
Um, but my daughter said, well, you know, now that you're not running the company anymore, you ought to see what Facebook is all about. Cause she was on it and she liked yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And so I wasted a lot of time on Facebook for about <laughs> six months. <laughs> First of all, correcting everybody who was wrong, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. That. Uh, but also playing those stupid Facebook games and all that crud. <laughs> That's hysterical. But I mean, seriously, I spent a lot more time on my, with my church. Um, yeah. I was uh, not only I did, not only did I play the piano for church, but I also was the head of the drama ministry. So mm. we would do these short little skits and everything. And so we did a lot more of that. Uh, uh, because I had time and I, sp- I, I tried to try to improve my piano skills to what they used to be. <laughs> uh, and so I spent a lot of time on that. And then I did a lot more, uh, a community theater because, you mm-hmm. know, even though I stopped being professional, I've, yeah. I've always done theater all my mm-hmm. life. Uh, I think my first play was, I was like six years old. Um, so Ooh. So uh, I, I did a lot more community theater, played a couple of dream roles uh, mm-hmm. along the way. My, my all-time dream role is Don Quixote in Man of La Mancha. And yes. I played that. Uh, I played that. Uh, I can't see what the, what, what the year was. It was just a few years ago. I can't remember what year it was, but it was a few years ago. I remember seeing your still photos on your Facebook page from that. And I was like, I want to drive to Indiana and watch you do that. Well, you know, uh, 10 hours, a few homeschoolers (laughs) did. I had, I had homeschoolers come in from Ohio uh, and homeschoolers come in from Kentucky and Illinois to see me play Don because they had seen it on Uh, Facebook too. So it was really neat. It was really neat. Yeah. But you couldn't stay out of the homeschool curriculum world for too long. And after a few years, you helped to launch a new company. Well, I actually didn't launch the company. Here's what happened. You know, uh, I was playing, I was, you know, I was having fun and playing around and living the life of Riley uh, (laughs) and all of that. Um, And then the folks at my father's world, do you know them? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I really admire them. You may not know all the things they do, but they have contributed probably hundreds of thousands of dollars to Bible translation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've done, done some. So, so I, every time I have a chance to spend some time with them, I do. Cause they're, they, 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 they know what's important in life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, anyway, they, they have this wonderful ability to uh, take books that are out of print and get permission to print them. Yeah. Uh, well, there's one book that was going out of print that they couldn't get permission to print and they really needed it. And it was basically, it was called like science in the days of creation or something, but it was a science course where they separated the topics according to the days of creation. Mm-hmm. And so the Hazels who were owned the, my father's world, uh, uh, su- suggested to me, you know, could you write something like this? Uh, and I said, you know, I think I probably could. I never really tried. I've never done elementary level. And that's what it was. It was elementary level. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I'll try. I'll see what I can do. And I'm not making any promises because I don't need to. Because uh, this is all, you know, I'm retired. So, yeah. <laughs> so I started, I'm on Facebook. Yeah, I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm, far, I'm, far, I'm farming on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, so anyway, I start I start uh, doing this, and I find that it's just a riot because what I decided to do was make it really different from everybody else. So basically, every time the students do something, do a lesson, they do something with their hands, okay. uh, and it's mostly experiments. And what's fun is my wife's a physicist. Uh, she mm-hmm. got her BA in physics, and she did a lot of research in biophysics for many years. And so wow. she would help me with these experiments. And there were, there would be times where both of us would say, "Oh, this isn't going to work. This will never work." <laughs> And we'd try it and it worked. (laughs) So it was a lot of fun. And so by the time I got done with that, I was like, you know, I've kind of got other ideas for experiments. I wonder if there's another, you know, elementary kind of book I could write. And I don't think it was David, but I think it was somebody else in homeschooling when I was talking to them about it. They said, well, you know, you just did creation. Why don't you do something with history? Mm. And Mm -hmm. so that's why that's why I decided to to teach science in chronological order. So this was just done really as a way for me to have fun and see how many Mm. household experiments I could come up with. (laughs) I would have loved to be your daughter. With, with, <laughs> what great parents. Your daughter is just blessed. Oh, you know, she doesn't like science. <laughs> no, are you kidding? Oh, God's got a great sense of humor. She doesn't like science at all. Um, so, so anyway, uh, uh, I've been, I, I did that. And what I learned in the process, because, you know, I wanted to make it academic. I was having fun, but I wanted to make yep. it academic. I learned that a lot of what I had been taught about science history was just utterly false. Just, mm-hmm utterly false. Uh, and, and, you know, even what's written now, a lot of times isn't true. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and the way, Mm -hmm. the way somebody like me, a non-historian finds this out is we, I read a couple of historians talking about Copernicus and they both say opposite things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, obviously one of you is wrong or both. Right. So I had to do a lot more digging and mostly looking at primary sources and so yeah. forth. Uh, and it was fascinating. It's just utterly fascinating. So now I'm teaching a master's levels course with the Memorial College on <laughs> uh, on the ancient scientists. Like we had, we just finished reading Archimedes this next week is, is Roger Bacon, uh, all that. And, and it's, it's a blast because, you know, a lot of these these people who are teachers, yeah. they don't know what these guys actually wrote and what these right. guys wrote is astoundingly good. Uh, um, so, so anyway, uh, that was, that, that kept me interested, not only in the, doing the experiments, but also just learning all of this stuff, uh, mm-hmm. uh that I had been taught that was absolutely wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. How, how did that morph into Berean Builders, the company that publishes your books now? Okay. So what, what happened was after the Hazel's asked me to write this book, you know, I mean, I am an author, so, you know, I, 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 I require a little bit of compensation for Uh my work. And so I, you know, originally the Hazels were going to publish it. Well, they never agreed, but they were thinking of publishing it. But uh, a a guy who, uh, uh, who I knew and who I'd worked with in the computer industry, um, he was interested in starting a business. Hmm. And so he wrote me a proposal saying, here's what I would do if I, if you allowed me to publish your work. And I liked the proposal and I liked him more than anything else. I really liked him. Mm-hmm. I had a great time working with him in the computer industry and he's a stand up Christian guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hate to say this, but you know, I've probably, I've probably had business dealings with a dozen Christians and probably five atheists. Mm-hmm. And I can say, 
only one of the Christians, the guy I'm working with now is, was better than any of the atheists mm. <laughs> when it comes to business. That and I believe. it's really sad. It's really yeah, sad. That's a sad testimony, but uh, is he the gentleman that's at uh, the conventions with you in recent yeah, years? Yeah. Yeah. John Nichols. Uh, he's just a stand. Here's, here's the kind of guy that, and you, you can edit this out, but this is the kind of guy he is. <laughs> no. <laughs> he and I, he and I had worked in the computer industry. And so we're having lunch one time where he's, he's publishing my books and we're having lunch and he goes, do you remember so-and-so? And I said, no. He said, well, we worked with him uh, uh, in, in, in computers. I was like, I still don't remember. Mm -hmm. He said, well, um, I hadn't seen him in about 10 years, but my wife saw on Facebook that he was uh, looking for a liver and he couldn't find a match. Mm -hmm. So I decided to uh, uh, get tested. It turns out I'm a match. So this guy he had worked for, worked with <sighs> 10 years ago, he decides to donate half his liver to, or a third oh, of his liver, whatever. They get. So he has full scale abdominal surgery mm -hmm. uh, for this guy that he just wow. knew professionally 10 years oh, ago. My goodness. That's the kind of guy he is. Oh, so, you know, when, when I have the chance to, you know, professionally yoke myself to someone like that, yeah. I take it. Yeah. yeah. What a blessing well for you. And then you for him as well, because I mean, your reputation I'm mm -hmm. sure has helped the company to launch really well. So, yeah. Oh yeah. He's very happy with how it's going. So that's good. Here's the thing, science and math, math and science, science and math, math and science. I can't teach my kids science. I can't teach them math, especially high school. Yep. yep. What do you say, Jay? What do you say to these moms and dads? Well, you know, there's actually a Facebook meme going around with one of my quotes <laughs> saying your job isn't to teach your children. I, I just posted it. I your literally job, just posted it. Your job is to help them learn. So you don't need Amen. to know. You don't need to know the math. You don't need to know the science. Yes. You simply need to be willing to learn or willing to find the resources that will yes. help them learn. That's amen. all you need. And amen and amen. Uh, and, you know, and in fact, like I said, even back in the early 90s, when I was getting these homeschool graduates who were so good, there wasn't curriculum really written for homeschoolers. Back and mm -hmm. Bob Jones were on the scene, but they were written for private school. Right, you know, right. there really wasn't a homeschool science or math curriculum. Right. You might call Saxon, but once again, Saxon was written for schools as well. Yep. Um, in the end, they were still producing students who were head and shoulders above everybody else. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, we've got video courses and online mm -hmm. courses and all these things specifically for homeschoolers uh, that, you know, homeschooling is never easy, but the job of homeschoolers is easier now than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And so it is really easy to help your child learn these days. It yeah. really is. It really is. And who cares? We don't, we're not ashamed. I mean, I saw that the Berean builders, <laughs> the whole thing and I, what is it for what grades does that, is it typically oh, we're K for? through 12 now? Uh, oh, okay. our, uh, my, yep. my, my, uh, uh, science through history is elementary, but then I have a, uh, yeah. uh, science in the atomic age and an earth science that are junior high earth science could be used in high school as well. Yeah. And the and bottom line is chemistry and, and, uh, and we're coming out with biology this year. So we're, you are, uh, <laughs> it's a whole education moms and dads yeah. get out there and get after it. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. My, my co-author this time on the biology book, he's a, a head of the biology department at a, at a Nazarene university in Ohio. Uh, uh, so he's really a lot. He's what's nice about, you know, his knowledge is it's, it's up to date. So our mm -hmm. book talks about CRISPR and gene editing and all that kind of stuff that mm -hmm. I don't know anything about, but <laughs> yeah. my co-author does. <laughs> you, you can do the writing and he'll fact check you, yep, right? Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. The, yeah. And the, the point is it doesn't, you know, that's the thing. 
parents is you're there to set the example, how to learn, how do we learn step, you know, walk alongside your, your kiddos and say, let's do this together. You're excited. They're excited. You're in it to win it. It's experiments. It's everything. It's history. I mean, it doesn't matter what you don't know. You learn. And honestly, you know, I think we have this idea that if I'm going to teach, if I'm going to you know, give my child a quality education, then he or she has to get through this subject, that subject and that yeah. subject before yeah. I graduate. But that's not what high school is. High school is training your brain to be able to learn anything. Amen. So that when so you get good. to either the world, the, the real world of, of work or the fake world of university, you can learn. <laughs> that's right. Right. That's right. And so, and so it's not that I need to get through a biology course. Yep. It's that I need to struggle with this subject on my own mm-hmm. so I can figure out how I learn biology. Mm-hmm. And I, and I've told, I told people way back before I even wrote uh, uh, the, the, when I was still just giving talks to homeschoolers before I'd written everything, I said, look, you know, you can take the Bob Jones biology book and cover two chapters by the end of the year. And if the student really learned those two chapters, he's already better on his own. He's already better off than the most of the kids who sat through a full year of covering every chapter because being spoon fed something is how you learn. That's right. Learn as you struggle it with yourself and you spend the entire year figuring out how in the world am I going to understand this subject? Uh, And all you have to, you don't have to get through as much content as you do just learning how to learn that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the name of the game. That is so good. And I'm a former high school teacher before I had kids and um, I didn't do this with, I was teaching ESL. So my situation was a little bit different, but they'd come from other classes and it was all about just getting through the material of passing or failing and moving on. There was no thought to mastering the content, which is the complete opposite of what the homeschool mentality really should be. Right. And I was, I was talking to a homeschool graduate who's a electrical engineer. Now Uh, his name's Nathan and Nathan uh, uh, and I were talking about a wide range of things, but he said when he got to Cedarville university, Mm -hmm. which is no slouch as a university, uh, he got to Cedarville university. He said he was behind in math compared and he didn't know that he thought he was pretty good at math uh but compared to all of his uh, uh fellow students he was behind and i said well you know you got a degree in electrical engineering so what what did you do and he said i knew how to learn so i just caught up and that's that's what homeschooling is yeah you know you could you could say that his mother quote unquote failed him because mm-hmm. for whatever reason he didn't he was behind when he got to university when it came to math mm-hmm. but she hadn't failed him because he knew how to learn. That's so right. He just caught up. That's exactly it. And that's, <laughs> that's what you've got to understand what homeschooling is. Yeah, it's true. And, and that's the thing is parents oftentimes are just following what they think they ought to do, right? We're going to get through the book. We're going to, well, they're doing nothing than what, what is oftentimes happening at the school, which is deflating their children. Right. I mean, in a sense, it's just, then the kids, you know, you, you gotta, my son, my son started a podcast. Um, we were homeschooling all the way up and then the kids went to a classical school and I taught first grade at classical school here in green Bay. And, um, and then when, when we took them out, Noah was, I think he was 16, 17 at the time. And he was off in his room. I had gotten him all this great. He's a history kid, always has been. I'd gotten him this great 
curriculum, <laughs> history curriculum. And I was saying, Noah, come on. Did you do chapter five? Did you do chapter five? Well, he was in there doing a podcast. He was in there actually <laughs> on the phone with professors from Oxford University, Yale, all of this, asking them to be on his Vikings <laughs> podcast. Okay. And I'm saying, did you do chapter five? Well, who would have known? Who would have known this boy? And he said, mom, I was invited to be on these, this podcast. And they're going to, they're going to talk about um, unschooling. And I was saying unschooling. We are not unschooled. We are classical homeschoolers. Are you kidding me? You do not tell them we're unschoolers. Well, here's the thing. There he was building this thing. Who would have known in, in a short period of time, he had 50,000 downloads a week for his podcast. Wow. Just ridiculous. And it wasn't about, did Noah, did he go to school to get a history degree? Did he do these things? He was getting educated straight from Oxford University, <laughs> from the professors there. Without paying for it. Without paying Without for paying it. For exactly. It, yeah. and, and he's written books. He's written the, the, um, the study guide to the poetic Edda. And many, he has another one that's just coming out. It's, it's nuts. But I say that to break on Noah, but I also say it to say that, <laughs> guess what, friends? Homeschooling works. Well, here's the ultimate in irony. We have homeschoolers who say, okay, school's not working for me for whatever reason. I'm going to bring my kids home. Mm -hmm. And then now that they're home, I'm going to replicate school. Exactly. That is the ultimate irony. You're leaving school because it's not working. So don't bother to take any of its, you know, structure with you. Yeah, right. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So you are the, we see you all the time at the conventions. (laughs) (laughs) Tell, now I, I'm a convention goer, have been from when the kids were just little, little, little. And it's so important. We tell parents all the time. Can you tell our listeners why you feel that it would be a great thing for them to hit the convention hall, the convention center? (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, first of all, you know, uh, as a speaker at homeschooling conventions, let me tell you, I don't think the speakers are the reason you go. Uh, I I think, you know, (laughs) We all have interesting things. I go to say. for the speakers, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> you would, Tina. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we have interesting things to say, and sometimes we can help you, uh, and sometimes we can encourage you, and that's true. But honestly, I think the most valuable part of a homeschooling convention, and you're only going to get it at a homeschooling convention, is when you're in the exhibit hall. And you're looking around and you're listening to what other people are saying about Mm. this curriculum or that, because honestly, uh, if you've been homeschooling for a long time, yeah, you've got this curriculum that worked for this kid. You don't know it's going to work for the next kid. You don't know what new, what, what else is out there that might be better. And you go around, you listen to the spiel that the uh, uh, people at the booths give you. But honestly, the most honest stuff comes from other homeschoolers uh, Mm -hmm. that have used it and can tell you, you know, uh, and so I always encourage people to just to hang out in the convention hall, find a couple of booths of things that look interesting, Mm -hmm. and then try to ask people who are around, have you used this? What do you think? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so honestly, I think that kind of stuff is more interesting. Now there are other things you can do along the way. Uh, so, uh, you know, you can often network uh, with some uh, people who who are local that you didn't know uh, and things like that. And also, I do think where the speakers are the most valuable is when they're in the exhibit hall and you can talk to them one on one. Yeah, totally. Uh, Because because then they can meet your individual needs. I'll never forget. This was years ago, but I was uh, standing in my booth uh, and this uh, woman and her uh, uh, son uh, came to me and the son wants to go to med school, wants to be a doctor. And, but he also does ballet. 
Uh, mm. and, uh, he, he seemed to be pretty accomplished at it from what he told me. Yeah. So the mother said, well, this summer we've got a couple of options. Uh, and one is uh, there's this uh, uh, these three universities that do science mm. camps and they're staggered. So we could do all these science camps mm. or uh, he could be with this ballet company for the summer. Uh, and I said, okay, well, first of all, did he have to audition for this ballet company? And they said, yes. And I said, mm -hmm. then he should do the ballet company hands down. <laughs> and you could see the kid was just so relieved and the mother mm. was just so confused. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I told, I told the mother, you know, first of all, you want him to follow their passions and maybe his passion is going to be ballet. And so you've got to give him that chance. If he really wants to do the ballet, then he mm -hmm. should do the ballet. But more importantly, even if he ends up going to med school, uh, having a summer in a ballet company that you had to audition for mm -hmm. is more valuable on your med school application than going to science camps <laughs> because everybody goes to science camps. Yeah, everybody can. Yeah. yeah. Someone who's a, a science nerd, but also does ballet and is really good at it. Yeah, that is That's something so good. That, 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 well, it turns out like five or six years later, she comes back, reminds me of this conversation. Which I've completely mm. forgot. And she said he got into his first choice of med school. And in the interview, Ugh. they spent like five minutes talking about this ballet company. Mm. <laughs> that is so good. And she said, and she said, you know, I would have never known. Yeah, we would have sent him to the science camp. Yep, and you know, I think it, that's yeah. the real benefit of going to you. You've got a storehouse of information between veteran homeschoolers and yeah. these. Mm -hmm. You've got a storehouse of information where you can ask questions that relate directly to you. Yeah, well, and kind of back to the let's not imitate public school at home. Right. Um, homeschool transcripts look so interesting in comparison if you do oh, it right yeah. right i mean oh, that's yeah. one of the benefits of homeschooling is how we can customize and how they don't just look cookie cutter right absolutely yeah, yeah. and i you know i talk you know a lot of parents you know once again replicating what's at school you know mm -hmm. they, they've got this seventh grader who's doing algebra mm. and they say you know i can't count that at high school can i and i say of course you can <laughs> yeah. because it's a high school level course doesn't matter when they take it yep. so you you make right. your transcript either subject oriented so they don't know when it was taken mm -hmm. or you start your transcript with you know some accelerated program uh, notation that indicates these things were high school but done in junior high and so as a result you can have a lot more classes on your homeschool transcript than you could ever have in a public school transcript. That's and then right. once again, with, you know, work experience and yes. all of that kind of stuff, you can really make a homeschool transcript look amazing. Yes, you can. And I'll just say one more thing about the convention center is you can get yourself the roasted nuts. Jay, have you had the roasted nuts there? Yes, and it ought to be illegal, quite frankly, because they smell so good. Oh, you have to buy them. You literally you know? have to. You have to. It's I mean, who cares about the speakers and the curriculum, you guys? If anything else, you're going to go for the nuts, the roasted nuts. Yeah, I, I've, I, I've, I've complained to them saying, I'm spending oh. this money because you're coercing me with the, with, just, the, with the smell. I know it. It's just, it's crazy. They're so good. That is so funny, you guys. Yeah. Um, okay. So you've been around homeschoolers for a long time. Not that you're old, you've just been around them for a long time. Um, <laughs> what changes have you noticed in the homeschool community over the years? Okay. Well, it's gotten a lot more secular, Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. Obviously you don't want to turn your homeschool secular, but I honestly think being exposed to some secular people isn't a bad thing at all. It's a good thing for mm -hmm. Christians, I think. Uh, so it's gotten more secular. The other thing I've noticed 
as I've started really paying attention to the second generation homeschoolers, mm-hmm. uh, because I've been around long enough now that the kids who used my books now have kids yeah. <laughs> who are, who are using <laughs> my different books. Right. Um, and uh, when I talk to them, I find that they're, first of all, a lot less interested in replicating school at home. Mm-hmm. And that's probably because they didn't really, they had some watered down version of school at home. Mm-hmm. And so they, they don't know uh, or they don't have any desire to replicate this failing system. So I think that's actually very, very good. Yeah. They're much more interested in doing creative stuff like blending subjects and doing a lot of real world experience and all that kind of stuff. The other thing I would say is the second generation homeschoolers are a lot less dogmatic about everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's education or even Christianity. Uh, uh, And I do think, and this is something a lot of my brothers and sisters will disagree with, but I do think the evangelical church took a swing uh, that was too dogmatic. Uh, I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't have any patience for universalists and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when you emphasize what to believe rather than what to do, mm-hmm. I don't think that's really what Christ was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you got to believe good things, yep. but you know, Christ said, I don't want your sacrifices. I want your, you know, I want your, uh, your, uh, you know, your charity and I want you yeah. to take care of and things like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, so in the end, I, I do think the, the second generation of homeschoolers have gotten a better eye on what Christianity really is than the hmm. first generation. You just see a lot less, you know, really dogmatic second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like that. That's so good. Um, well, as you know, many parents who never, ever dreamed that they'd homeschool <laughs> have taken the leap over the past two years. Encourage them, Jay. Well, you know, first of all, I'll have to say back in 2020 or 2020, mm-hmm. when the pandemic hit and people were exposed to Zoom school and realized how bad <laughs> yeah. certain classes are. And it's they like said, OK, that came out of we're it. Gonna, right? Yeah. Well, well, they said we're going to homeschool. Yeah. I had I openly said this isn't going to last mm. because I, I personally have a very cynical view of most parents. And I've told I, I tell this to, to people. So it's nothing new. I think a lot of parents view their kids as pets. Mm. Uh, they're there for cuddles and for love when you want it. And the rest of the time you shove them up on somebody else, whether that is good or extracurricular. Um, and I thought this wouldn't last, but it clearly has Uh, there. The state, the data are really clear now that there are people who are homeschooling, uh, because they, they've changed to it in the pandemic and they're not going back. And I want to believe this is because they actually started enjoying their kids. Mm-hmm. I really, that's what I yeah. want. Wouldn't uh, that be know. wonderful? Yeah. If yeah. True. Um, yeah. But it, for whatever reason, it really is happening. And so mm-hmm. for these mm-hmm. new homeschoolers, I would say, regardless of how unprepared and unqualified you think you are, you already know you're doing better than the schools because you saw what the schools were doing, you know, uh, and it's not good. Yeah. So yeah. So your decision is a good one for the kids. And um, my uh, brother uh, is, I think, the father of the millennium. He's I I always ask him, I always ask him about uh, fathering advice because he's raised three incredible kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I adopted Dawn, uh, when Mm -hmm. my wife and I adopted Dawn, Mm -hmm. uh, I went to him and I said, "Okay, what I've never done this before. She's a teen. What do I do? Mm And he said, look, I can't give you any real advice because I muddle my way through. He said, but I'll tell you this. Whenever you have a choice about what to do with your child in some situation, 
choose the option that's hardest for you. Mm-hmm. It'll be the best one for your kid. Mm-hmm. And I Amen. think that's, that's really true with schooling as well. Yes, it's much yeah. easier to just yes. send them to school, but it's much yeah. worse for the kid. That's right. Yeah, excellent. So yeah, so as a, you know, as a new homeschooler, you found you found some challenges you never expected you have to deal with, but I guarantee you, keeping them at home is the better option for them. Mm. That's really good. Any parting thoughts, you guys? I've had a blast talking. I don't. Even- <laughs> It has been a blast, Jay. And we could go on and on. Yes, we could, you guys. And we have. We have gone on and on. We have gone on and on. Uh, Now, I would just say, you know, I've been in this business now. I've been working with homeschoolers since the early 90s. Uh, And I'll tell you, my view has only of, of homeschooling has only gotten stronger over time. That really... It is the best choice for the vast majority of kids out there. Uh, And honestly, you know, if parents really, really are worried about how to raise a kid in this day and age, and there are a lot of struggles raising a kid in this day and age, there's just no way you can do it better than homeschooling. I really don't, because in the end, you control the peer group, you control an enormous amount of the information, and you're giving them you know, instruction from a standpoint of love to begin with. This isn't your job like a teacher. You're doing it because you love them. And that makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to leave that right there. Thank you so much for your time today. Be encouraged. Be blessed to know that you are every single thing your children need. Amen. Amen.